Thanks for joining me this week on the show. I am thrilled to have you with me for another episode. And this week, we're taking a closer look at supporting the health and balance of your vagus nerve. Not sure what that is or why that matters and how that relates to stress, or maybe you've heard of the vagus nerve, you're familiar with vagal toning. I've got some more information. We dive deep into how we can feel more balanced, starting at the top of how stress shows up, how we can feel more balanced in terms of approaching stress, but also balancing stress by activating, stimulating, and balancing your vagus nerve. So glad to have you with me. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you with me this week on the show. Thanks for joining me as we take a little exploration into something you may or may not yet be familiar with. It comes and goes in terms of getting some press and familiarity, but if vagal toning or balancing your vagus nerve is news to you, or if you'd like to learn more about it, you are in the right place. So, Thanks for joining me this week, and we're going to start at the top, so I might be repeating myself. You might have heard me speak in other shows about some of these topics, how stress shows up for us, how we perceive stress, how we can feel more empowered and balanced. This is to lay the groundwork, the foundation, before we dive into why balancing your vagus nerve or toning your vagus nerve is so beneficial. And at the end, I'm going to share some exercises with you. So I'll be demonstrating those. I will talk you through it. But just so you are aware, if you want to hop over and catch the video on YouTube, you'll be able to see and follow along as opposed to simply listening. But in either case, you're in the right place and no time like the present to feel more empowered in how you can be meeting the stress that is just going to be showing up through the course of daily life. So let's start at the top. Let's take a look back at our biology how we are wired to respond to stress and how we can start to adapt or take control of that biology so that we can feel more balanced in our always on messages coming in from every direction, hard to find a minute to push pause, certainly, or at least reset world that we're living in. So let's start at the beginning now with the basics. So what about stress? How do you perceive it? First of all, According to research, people tend to fall into two camps. People feel that stress is debilitating. When stress comes up, when you feel it in your body, we're going to dig into those biological reactions in just a minute. When you feel stress affect your body, do you feel like you're being challenged, threatened, overwhelmed, like you're losing control and you can't take control of the situation? Or like some people, do you feel enhanced by stress? Do you feel it as an opportunity to rise and thrive, an opportunity to demonstrate what you're made of, to overcome, to meet the challenge? Sometimes people thrive under deadlines. 
Sometimes people start to create a little stress in their lives because it's worked for them before. They know that they can deliver under pressure. But as in all things, moderation, just like we don't only want to feel like stress is debilitating, we want to recognize how we can have control in the situation. We don't only want to see stress as enhancing. We don't want to be cultivating unnecessary stress in our lives because it's really having an impact, an effect in our physiology, in our physical body, in our physical well-being, in addition to our emotional well-being, our mental balance, its impact in our relationships. It could be standing in the way of your success instead of fueling it. The list goes on and on. Okay, so think for a moment, where do you fall? Do you resonate with the stress is debilitating camp? Maybe you're not all the way over in that end, but you definitely feel challenged by stress. Or do you find yourself somewhere in the stress is enhancing end of the spectrum? Like I just said, in all things moderation, ideally, we want to be able to see both. We want to be able to recognize both situations and recognize that we have the control to change these. Now, one question that comes up here is, are we wired to see stress as a certain way? Because you might notice as you're thinking about this, how your parents react to stress, how your siblings, other people in your family, your inner social circle, is it a question of nature versus nurture? Is it a genetic situation? Is it just that we tend to mimic what we are modeled these are really great questions, and I think they all come into play, right? Our emotions are generated by the way that we feel about things. So we have that mental perception, but our emotions are also physically triggered by neurotransmitters. These neurotransmitters are created and taken up and broken down according to the way that our body systems work, right? So if we're impacted by things that are affecting our hormonal balance, if our body isn't as able to detoxify or to create neurotransmitters, if we're not getting the right amino acids or we're simply not able to put them to use in the right way, then it could be nature. There could be genetic reasons why we struggle with heavy emotions, why we struggle with stress. And so if implementing some of these exercises and healthier lifestyle habits isn't supporting you, it's important to reach out, to look for a practitioner, a coach like myself who can fine tune the exercises and habits that you're employing or working with a licensed therapist or provider, someone who's well-versed in different modalities to help you understand, is it a nutritional deficit? Is it a biological situation? Is there a way that we can restore your body's detoxification pathways? So as you're chewing on this, I want to plant that seed as well. Don't be hard on yourself if you've tried this in the past and it hasn't worked for you. It's time to look more deeply and be sure to reach out for me. Let me know if you have any questions. I would love to support you, point you in a different direction, or help you see other options and know that there's always possibility available, even if you're not seeing it yet where you are right now. So stress is enhancing or debilitating, right? We've even seen that we can quickly change that perception. So at Yale, a number of years ago, researchers took students into a study 
and they shared videos. Now the students were divided into groups and some watched a video where they described the physical reactions of stress, the increased heart rate, the increased breathing rate, your respiration goes up, the circulatory changes, your palms start to feel sweaty. But that's because your circulation is shunted to your skeletal muscles. So you have the energy and the fuel to move, to run if that's needed in a situation, right? Your vision changes, your pupils get larger, your attention narrows, you drill in on the matter at hand because it could be a matter of life or death. So these biological reactions are very standard. We are wired to respond to stress in certain ways. This biology gives us the ability to respond in a way that could save our lives. But how we read these is very different. So in one group, they were led to believe that these physical reactions of stress were in fact debilitating, that they lowered your ability to respond, that they threatened your health and well-being, that they brought on the risk of cardiovascular disease and other myriad long-term effects if you suffer stress for a very long time. And in other group, these same physical reactions were painted in a more enhancing light. Your circulation is changing to give you the ability to respond. You're ready for anything. Your focus is where you need it to be. Your mental response is faster, right? And so these students who were framed the same stress responses in a more beneficial light, then both groups were put in a situation where they had to do something stressful. They had to deliver an impromptu presentation in front of a group of peers. That's one of the most stressful things for most people on the planet. And the people who had already been primed to see that stress has benefits had less physical reaction. They had less impact on their circulatory system. They had less of that constriction in the veins, which over time through chronic stress is one of the benchmarks of cardiovascular disease. So by changing our perception of stress, we can very quickly change our physical reaction of stress. The physical response is going to be the same, but the longer term reaction, our ability to recover and rebound from stress is enhanced when we don't put the same psychological weight or detriment to the same symptoms. So I'm going a bit down the rabbit hole, but I want to remind you to give you the lens that perception is everything. Perspective is powerful and we can change how we view stress just the same way we can change how we respond to stress, how we take care of our bodies, and we can support our well-being and build our resilience over time. All right, so we'll take a look next. I want to dig into the difference between acute versus chronic stress. Back in the day, when we were very primitive, we were hunters and gatherers, when it really was a life or death situation, there might be a tiger hiding in the bushes. Stress was acute. Stress might have been, where am I going to get food? a risk that arises from the act of getting food, interactions with other people or other tribes where you could feel threatened, acute situations of stress where they are met, we fight or we fight or we flee. And then taking a look at as we remove ourselves from that situation, our body comes back into balance. The stress is removed, the sympathetic nervous system that has been triggered by the stress 
is countered by the parasympathetic nervous system, which brings our body back into balance, lets our heart rate slow down, lets our breathing slow down and come back into normal, lets our vision and focus broaden again. So we can come back to taking in the world at large instead of a very narrow local perspective, right? So all of these benefits that come from being stressed and then coming out of stress, this is how we become more resilient. Our body knows that we come back into balance and it has the resources it needs when stress comes up again. In our world, we're still working with the same biology, the same physical reactions to stress, but stress shows up in very different ways now. It comes in on all directions, on all signals, from the time we get up in the morning, notifications on the phone, trying to get to work on time, get the kids out the door to school on time, email notifications, meetings that go well or don't, deadlines on projects, working with teams, working with your family, coming back home at the end of the day. These not as life-threatening as they might have once been in the day. Our life overall isn't as life-threatening as it used to be on the daily basis. However, these little stresses add up. And when we aren't giving ourselves the chance to recover, to come out of our stress response, we just keep turning up the heat on the flame, right? We're not having that ability to come back into balance. We're not having that ability to build our resistance. In fact, we're depleting our resources so that when a truly stressful event, when a sickness happens or an accident happens or a very stressful situation like facing a move or separation from someone that you love, these things leave us debilitated because we just don't have the resources to meet them. So that's how stress has changed from acute to more chronic in our lifestyles and why it matters, why it's important to take control and recognize what we can do to address stress, to resolve stress where we don't need to be letting it out up in our lives so that we can come back to balance right? What are some ways that we can resolve stress? Again, if you've been listening to the show for any period of time, you have heard me talk about many of these before, but let's talk about them again. As someone shared in a presentation, and I know many have thought it, one was brave enough to say, I've heard all of this before. And it's true. I've heard it all before too, but I don't always employ it in my daily life because life can get in the way. So let's go back to the basics. What are ways that we can resolve or be more resilient to stress just to support ourselves holistically? First of all, having the foundations in place, the foundations of health being healthy, quality, nourishing food, as many plants and vegetables, plants, vegetables, fruits you can have in your diet, the better, the nutrients from plants, the phytonutrients are antioxidants that give us a really powerful ability to calm inflammation. Stress causes inflammation. Antioxidants can resolve that. They can take care of the oxidation stress in our bodies. They give us the vitamins and the minerals that we need. Quality food. We also need sufficient rest. We need quality sleep and enough sleep so that we can feel restored and have the energy to get through the next day. We also need to be taking a look at what is influencing or impacting our sleep. 
exposure to blue light, inconsistent or irregular sleep schedules, interruptions. Even if you're sensitive to electricity, electrosmog, as some people call it, electromagnetic frequencies in the bedroom, like having your phone plugged in next to the bed, charging equipment, media devices, all of those things put off electrical signals and we are electrical beings, right? At the cellular level, at the atomic level, we are energy and the movement of energy in the places where we are trying to rest can for people who are sensitive, for people who are recovering from disease or illness or injury can undermine our ability to feel rested and restored. So there's a number of things you can take a look at there. And exercise. So our three foundations of sleep are food, sleep, and exercise, because moving our body, again, brings in more energy, but also helps to metabolize the hormones of stress. By moving our body, we get that cortisol and adrenaline out of our system. It isn't left circulating and wreaking havoc, and again, causing more inflammation in our bodies. It is there, it's created from our biological reaction to stress. And so we need to complete the cycle. We need to move. We need to shake it out. We need to even just tapping your feet under your desk, pumping your calves, pedaling your feet like you're in one of those pedal boats floating around on the pond. Simple activity and actions help to move that energy, move these hormones out of your bloodstream and general exercise and activity is a powerful way to start boosting your emotions. Exercise has been demonstrated to resolve depression. If we're addressing the total picture, right? Not in and of itself, but it's a powerful support for people who are experiencing depression. All right. So beyond the foundations, having perspective about stress. I like to utilize the exercise I created, pause and pivot, pause and get curious, ask what it is that I'm responding to. Is it in this situation that's right in front of me? Is this situation triggering something that's old news, old emotions that haven't been dealt with? Another situation, a conversation that I had previously with this person, like where are we at? Are we present or are we pulling up some old baggage here? So get perspective and then pivot, pivot to the outcome that you want to create, consider your reaction and choose how you want to respond, right? Help to create a solution that is more beneficial for yourself and for all the parties involved. So pause and pivot is an exercise that I think is really helpful to start cultivating in less stressful situations, because then when you are in stress, it's more available to you. And also understanding the difference between what is within our control and outside of our control. I find that so many of us put so much of our attention on things that are outside of our control, right? So how can we bring our attention back to what is within our control, what we have the ability to change? How can we start impacting those things that are within our control so we feel more confident, more capable, more able to take control in our lives and affect the change that we can? So perspective is really powerful in helping our change our perception and reaction to stress and community support, connecting with friends, connecting with groups, either to be active in your community by volunteering together, by 
connecting and talking one-on-one -on -one or in small groups by offering support and receiving support by feeling heard and hearing other people, getting the context, understanding that hard things only hard things aren't only happening to you, that hard things come to all of us. And that perspective, again, is powerful. And then finally, we come back to the matter at hand, vagal toning or supporting our vagus nerve. Because there are many ways that it can get worn down. It can be depleted, right? It can be underutilized because stress has us so tight, so restricted. As I was saying, one of the influences of stress is that our digestion is impacted. That circulation moves to those skeletal muscles. Our digestion is put on hold. That's why so many people who have stress also have stomach and gut issues, acid reflux, interrupted digestion, constipation, all of these miserable things that you certainly don't have time for when life is stressful. It's the chicken and the egg. The stress is often the cause of the digestive issues that are adding to your stress. So this then is influencing the ability of that vagal nerve to respond, to support these organs and coming back into balance. So let's take a look at exactly how this vagus nerve works. The vagus nerve is one of your 12 cranial nerves. Vagus in Latin means wandering. It wanders down out of our head. So it's special in that regard. Down through our neck, comes down in two branches, down through our torso. And this nerve interacts with our heart, with our lungs, with our stomach, our liver, our colon, everything. So all of these organs that are impacted by stress, the vagus nerve is able to tell them to come out of alert, to come back into balance. And how can we physically control this nerve? It's amazing that we have this ability to affect our biology with our conscious choices, right? This is so empowering. We are living at such a powerful time to see how science is validating age-old methods of self-care, of balance, of mindfulness, right? So this vagus nerve that comes down and enervates so many of our vital organs, how can we affect it? We're going to get back into that for just a minute. But in terms of what it does, the benefits of having an imbalance, I'd like to start here. Having a balanced and responsive vagal nerve, vagus nerve, singular Vagal nerves, plural, if you're talking about the two different branches, I'm afraid I use them interchangeably. It is beneficial in supporting and relieving depression. We can help to regulate our emotions. We can physically reduce our blood pressure and slow our heart rate with some of these vagal toning exercises. And it's powerful in helping to reduce inflammation in our bodies. People who suffer migraines and cluster headaches can even find relief. Also, people who have seizures or suffer from epilepsy, this can be a disorder of the vagal nerve, and there are there's an implant device that is being used in these cases and tested out in some other ones, even perhaps being able to treat PTSD. So really exciting discoveries are still happening in this area. More and more research is being focused on the impact of our vagus nerve to balance our body, right? So the sympathetic stress response moves us into alert, the fight or flight 
action. And then the vagus nerve is the commander of our parasympathetic stress response, and it moves us back into rest and digest. All of these beautiful, balanced ways of being that I just listed. One way that we can know how balanced our vagus nerve is by understanding, being able to measure our heart rate variability. This again is another big buzzword lately, especially as people wear more wearable devices. Now I have a Garmin watch and it measures my stress, my body battery, a number of things. And I think it's able to perhaps estimate my HRV or heart rate variability, but it doesn't measure it as accurately as wearables that are perhaps a ring, such as the Aura ring. People who wear those, I've talked with some of them. I don't have one myself, but in that app, you get a lot more insights about the quality of your sleep, your heart rate variability, your, again, they probably have a different name for it, but your body battery and that sort of thing. Your heart rate variability is the variation between your heartbeats or your heart rate. So that flexibility, that adaptability of the time between your heart rate, your heartbeats, is very indicative of your resilience, your ability to come back into balance. And so having a higher heart rate variability is very beneficial for your health overall. So by supporting the vagus nerve, by doing some toning exercises or activities, you're supporting your heart rate variability and potentially experiencing some of the benefits that I was just sharing with you. So how can we do this? Let's get to the juicy stuff. What are some methods to activate the vagus nerve? I'm going to start general, and then I'm going to demonstrate some exercises in just a few minutes. So first, meditation is really beneficial. Often as we meditate, our breathing slows and deepens. And that's a powerful way, again, to balance the vagus nerve because it interacts with our lungs. As we practice diaphragmatic breathing, as we breathe down into our belly, that lowers the diaphragm and expands the space inside of our chest cavity. That greater space allows our heart to slow down. You see how all of these organs are involved and we don't even think about it. We just think breathe into your belly. Breathing into your belly lowers your diaphragm, expands the space for your lungs, slows your heart rate. It's a really beautiful, powerful practice. So mindfulness, meditation is a wonderful way to focus on your breathing. Yoga and Tai Chi are also great ways to incorporate movement if you're not one for sitting still. And doing these mindful exercises also tend to encourage you to focus on and deepen your breathing. In the same way that, you know, oxygen from taking deep breaths, it affects your amygdala, the place in your brain that responds to stress and starts the cascade of hormones that creates all those physical reactions. Oxygen from deep breaths, because your breathing isn't as shallow, tells that amygdala we're coming out of stress. It also stimulates the vagus nerve to continue to bring our body back into balance. So the power of breath can't be un undervalued, <laughs> underestimated. The power of your breath can't be underestimated. Next up is exercise. Again, deepening your breath. So 
high intensity interval training, endurance training, these really deep breath, more grueling exercise can increase your vagus nerve activity. Also very effective at improving your heart rate variability by boosting your heart rate, by bringing it up near to max and then bringing it back down, right? So it's wonderful to get that cardiovascular benefit from exercise and you're toning your vagus nerve. You can also... If you like to take things a little easier, you can get benefit to your vagus nerve from massage, specifically found in some research, reflexology massage, which is massage on your feet. I'm pointing at my hand because I can't get my feet on the screen, but also on your hands, you have reflexology points just like your feet. So imagine a map of your body, if my fingers were my toes, Across the ball of the foot at the base of the toes, this is where basically the top line of your shoulders are, right? So your shoulders come out to that lateral edge of your hand or your foot. The thumb would be better in line with your feet, can really help to address tension in your neck. The pituitary gland point is actually under the ball of your toe, your big toe. And I always find it interesting to see where tender points are on my feet. Think about where that correlates in my body and ask, how is that part of my body doing? Your lungs might be just a bit further down on the outside of your foot. This midline of the foot tends to correlate with your spine. Moving down to the heel of your foot is right around the colon and the base of your torso. So working out all those points and reflexology in your feet is very beneficial. According to research, I'll be keeping an eye on that because I'm a fan of massage for self-care. Singing and humming is probably something you have heard about if you're familiar with vagal toning already. So again, because the vagus nerve comes down through the neck and these muscles in our neck and the vocal cords surrounding the vagus nerve, anything here that we're doing with our voice, humming, chanting, ohms, this vibration here is wonderful, soothing and stimulating for the vagus nerve. So singing in your car, big thumbs up, not just for getting all of your reactions and feelings out, listening to some healing music, but getting that energy moving and massaging, literally massaging your vagus nerve. So another one that's fascinating to me is cold therapy. Now, this isn't Wim Hof style, submerge your body in ice and activate your immune system cold therapy, right? That actually is triggering your stress response. And that's not our goal here. So no ice baths required. The cold therapy, effectively using a cold pack or splashing cold water on your neck, your throat, the sides of your neck, under your ears, or holding a cold pack on your chest or your back. These are powerful ways, again, to stimulate your vagus nerve. Going back to our biology, which I always think is super cool, this is something like a mammalian dive reflex. And so when we would be diving, when any mammal dives underwater, and that would be that shock of cold water along the neck, our heart rate and breathing slows in order to facilitate being underwater, being deprived of oxygen. So that could be why this works so well in terms of balancing the vagus nerve. And I'm going to include a video that I discovered as I was doing research because there are so many different exercises. A wonderful woman on YouTube 
compiled a video of 20 vagus nerve exercises created by a number of different people who create content in this area. So it's a great overview, but it also could introduce you to someone you really relate with, you admire their work or their delivery, and you can dive more deeply with them into supporting your vagus nerve. Some yoga practitioners, trauma educators, and that sort of thing. Really great information. So that link will be in the show notes at happifiedlife.com, which is also a great place to post any questions, any comments, let me know what you think and share your feedback. Also in the Live With Less Stress Facebook group, where I post and share information and I always invite conversation there about how we can live with less stress. Another powerful way to stimulate our vagus nerve if you're working with a practitioner who is trained in biofeedback. This is another effective method of working with that, of stimulating that, and an also a side benefit if you're using biofeedback for other reasons in your life. One that's near and dear to my heart, getting out into nature. Forest therapy is a beautiful way to engage and support the vagus nerve. So as we were talking about before, when we're stressed, our vision narrows, we get very focused on what's at hand, right? Because we can't take our eyes off that tiger. So when our body is in balance, our eyes naturally scan side to side. In fact, this is why EMDR, eye movement desensitization techniques, work so effectively because while you're engaging in those situations, you're led to think about something that's dramatic, but your eyes are moving. So you're reprogramming your body to disassociate the stress from that remembered event because you're physically forcing your eyes to move, right? So forest bathing, you're walking in nature, you're looking at the trees, your eyes are moving around, your body is taking in deep breaths, you're getting more oxygen, so your amygdala is coming out of that stress response, your eyes are moving, and we're gonna learn more about that optic nerve activation in just a minute. So it's a beautiful way to calm and soothe and stimulate your vagus nerve. And then finally, because this vagus nerve comes down and interacts with our digestion, with our colon, probiotics are really helpful because having a healthy and balanced microbiome in our colon helps that whole organ work more effectively, efficiently, and it sends that message back up all the way to the brain. If the gut is healthy, then the brain can feel more balanced. So it's important to address or to recognize if you're feeling stressed, if any other methods aren't helping you, it could be very helpful to take a look at getting a good probiotic supplement or introducing them into your diet with more fermented foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, and pickled vegetables. Now, finally, the juicy ones that I love, talking about exercises for the vagal nerve and what you can do to enhance them yourself. So first of all, I want to talk about stimulating the optic nerve, just as I was just saying. So as you think about that forest therapy and you're walking. So this is an exercise that you can do anywhere you are if you're sitting up. You can simply move your eyes to the side. It could be beneficial if you put your hands behind your head. Now I'll demonstrate these and you'll know that you're getting some relief when you sigh or swallow or you might yawn. 
And so because I do a lot of energy work and I've done some mindfulness and I've used these exercises for some time, I might shift more quickly than you do. So don't be discouraged if you don't feel a shift come on very quickly. And certainly if you're feeling stressed, give yourself time, sit with these different exercises, choose one that you find interesting and work with that. Come back to it a couple of times through the day or in different situations and see how it works for you. Or if one doesn't work for you, don't be afraid to move on to a different one. And as you tone the vagus nerve, you might be able to go back and find more success with some that you didn't enjoy as much the first time around. So first of all, activating the optic nerve, and you can do this laying on your back as well. So you might be laying on your back with your hands behind your head and your elbows wide, and you're going to move your eyes all the way to the very extreme. You're going to look all the way to the right and take some nice calm breaths. There's a little sigh and a yawn from me. And so I'll go to the left. So go ahead and balance that by looking to the left. And again, take nice slow breaths until you get a response. And that is how you can stimulate that optic nerve. So that is one method of engaging your vagus nerve. Now, another breathwork method, there's many different breathwork techniques, but a breathwork method that you can try is something called the psychological sigh. And this is taking two inhalations in through your nose and then exhaling with an audible sigh and letting that exhale be a little bit longer. So you might go, oh. 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 See, I felt that yawn coming up. So you'll continue that until you feel, again, that biological reaction, a swallow, a sigh, or a yawn. You'll feel that happen. And that's when you'll know that exercise is taking effect. And you can repeat it a couple of times. You don't have to stop as soon as you get a reaction. But just to notice, that's your body coming back into balance. Celebrate that we have this ability to balance ourselves. Now, the third exercise that I want to show you or activity is using your ear again, because this nerve coming down, it runs right through here. So that's why the side of the neck is such a powerful way to affect the vagus nerve. So if you're looking at the side of your ear, you can, one option is to gently place your fingertip into the opening of the ear canal, just gently and very, barely into the opening, and then press your finger towards the back of the ear canal. And again, take some nice calm breaths. And I've already got a sigh from that one. That's a really quick one for me. So trying the ears might be a nice, easy way to do it. And then you can move your finger from that little hole there from the ear canal, move it just above this ridge into a little channel right above it. And it comes forward and ends there. Now just gently, it doesn't take a lot of pressure, but just Gently massage in circles. There's another yawn for you. This is the most boring podcast ever. All she does is yawn. And gentle circles, you can make circles to the front and then you can make circles to the back. Just to engage that and feel more relaxed. Now, 
I should lead with this warning, but now that you've been following along or listening to me, let me say this. Any point you feel lightheaded at all, any point you feel uncomfortable, pause, relax, breathe, don't push through. So try this sitting at home, maybe as you're having a cup of tea and getting ready to start your day, or try take a couple of minutes during your lunch break and take advantage of that time as well. Intersperse these through the day. In fact, any habit is a hard one to start to create. So set some reminders on your phone and let those bring it back to your awareness or put up post-its if you'll see the post-its. I tend to put up post-it notes and then look right past them. So use a method that works for you to bring these back to your awareness and start to integrate these practices throughout the day so that you can feel more balanced, especially because stress does come in from every direction and on every channel. And so the more we can hit reset, we can create these opportunities for recovery, the more beneficial it is for us. So I would love to hear any questions that you have, feedback, your experience. If you are familiar with some of these exercises or if some of these are new to you, I will have a link back on the show notes at my website so you can find that YouTube video with a really great overview, lots of different exercises and techniques. Some are more extensive than others. Some are don't be multitasking when you're doing these and others you can integrate more easily into your daily habits and goings on. So thank you for making time to join me this week. I hope you found this supportive and beneficial. I'd love to hear how this lands for you. And I look forward to seeing you soon on the show. Thanks for joining me and take good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.